What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, aka Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, what's good, y'all? I hope everybody's doing well. I am back with another episode. And as you guys see today, I'm just going to be talking about uh, submitting to authority or authority and submission or submission and authority. You know, same thing, different orders, however you want to say it. But that will be what today's episode is about. And I just want to say, y'all, today I'm I don't plan on going off, but I'm probably going to go off because one one thing is for me, I love truth. I love truth. And one thing that I can't stand already that's been happening for a while now is when people say, this is my truth or this is what my truth is going to be. And the thing is, is truth is not subjective. Truth is not an idea. Truth is a person. And that person's name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said in his word, I am the way, the truth. The meaning that there's only one truth and anything outside of that is a lie, right? And so the Bible also says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. And so I just love truth. I didn't even mean to get into all that, but this is related to my topic because there's a specific way to go about authority and submission. And so you have a lot of people that have their truth about submitting to authority, that have their truth about being under someone or something, but there is a specific truth about how to go about that. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about this. And I'm definitely going to use scripture because this is not a soapbox. This is not me simply just uh, ranting or stating my opinion. I am someone that will always speak in regards to what the scripture says or what the Bible presents to us as believers. So I want to just talk briefly about submission and authority. So submission and authority is very, very important, Um, especially if you call yourself a believer or a Christian or somebody who's saved. Submission to authority is something that I believe every disciple of Jesus Christ should implement in their life. Why? Because you don't know everything. Why? Because you can make a mistake and you need somebody to reproof, to correct you. You need somebody other than God that can hold you accountable to your purpose, right? And so the thing is, is I understand you may have a connection or you may have a relationship with God, but one thing is God uses people to speak. God uses people to uh, give you messages And God uses people to confront you in your ungodly ways and possibly lead you into the direction um, of what it looks like to be more like Christ, right? If these people are being led by the Holy Spirit. In the beginning of Genesis, when God started talking about creation and when God started talking about the things that he was doing, or not God, sorry. Well, I mean, technically the Bible is written by God, but the writer of Genesis, who was believed to be Moses, was writing the story of creation. God did all of these things in the first seven days. The only time where God said it was not good is when he said it is not good for man to be alone, for man to dwell alone, right? And so this is why, regardless of how many encounters we've had with God, regardless of how many times we may have seen the Lord Jesus, 
face to face, how many times we've gone to heaven. We need people around us. And this is correlated to my topic that I did uh, previously a while about Christian community. Right. And so, yes, this is related to Christian community. However, this is more so on the authoritative side. Um, with Christian community, because when you look at Christian community, you could have a whole bunch of friends, right? These are people that are on your peer level. These are people that you look eye to eye with, but authority is somebody that has a higher sight than you, has a deeper depth than you, um, and is pouring in from you, right? And so one of the things that my friend used when it comes to pouring into someone or something, let's say if you have an empty glass and let's say you have a glass that's full with water, you cannot pour the full glass into the empty glass at the same height. You have to raise the glass that is full to a certain level in order to pour into the empty glass. Does that make sense? And so what I'm saying is when it comes to the people that God desires to pour into your life, there is a certain level. There is a certain height that they have that you don't. It doesn't mean that they're better than you, but it also just shows that there are people that know more than you. There are people that have been in this thing longer than you. And there are people that God has anointed and graced to lead you in your call. Amen. So there's just so much rebellion, not just in the world, but in the church. And I'm not going to say that I didn't struggle with it because there was definitely a time where I didn't want to submit to authority, where I just wanted to do my own thing. Um, it definitely happened more frequently when I was unsaved. But I will say when I wasn't saved, I did struggle with it a little bit. But I was just talking to my friend on the phone, actually, and she was basically just telling me how it's a trend of people feeling entitled um, and even people who just don't want to be told that they're wrong, people who don't want to be told what to do. And so we were just talking about, you know, the pressure of certain situations that God will put you in, um, that God will allow you to stay and remain in. And there will be certain times where he just won't give you an answer. And so God is God and God is going to do whatever he wants. And so for us as people, we are funny because we think that when God, when we talk to God or we ask him to do something, that he has to answer us. And it's very humbling to have that moment with God. And listen, if you haven't had that moment with God, I'm telling you right now, that moment is coming. But I've had plenty of moments with God where I have questioned things, where I've been upset, where I've been annoyed, where I've been frustrated. And I literally told God, okay, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I don't understand why this and this and this. And the Lord literally told me, you don't get an answer. This is where you're at and you're just going to have to accept it. And it was frustrating and I didn't like it, but it was very, very humbling. And I think beyond that, and I'm don't worry, I'm going to get into, well, this has to do with authority. This has to do with submission anyway. So this is correlated to my topic, but I'm just being led by the spirit on what I say. But if we as Christians or we as sons and daughters of God understood that this is not a democracy, but this is a kingdom, authority and submission would be much more easier than what it is now. Many people believe that because God is a God of love, because God is a God of kindness, because God is a God of compassion who cares about our soul and our heart and things of that nature, we get so familiar because familiarity breeds dishonor, and I'm going to get into that as well. We get so familiar with God that we think that we get to make decisions, that we think that our opinion matters, that we think that our input on how a situation should be approached or solved 
needs to be taken into consideration. You know what's really humble is when you recognize that you have an opinion and your opinion doesn't have to be considered. You know what's really humbling is when you realize that you can speak, but just because you have something to say doesn't mean it needs to be taken into value. And and this is not saying that how we feel doesn't matter, but it's also coming to the realization like this is not about us, y'all. And regardless of what we may think or what we may feel, this is God's kingdom and he's going to run this kingdom the way that he desires. Amen. So rebellion in the church, people not wanting to submit to authority. I genuinely believe that there is a double standard when it comes to the church and every other organization. And I made a video about this. And I believe this is one of the this is one of the realms where there's a double standard because I just look at it as if your pastor gives you a sharp rebuke, if your pastor gives you a difficult instruction, if your pastor says that you need to go somewhere or you need to not go somewhere, if your church leader says this, all of a sudden they're controlling all of a sudden they're difficult all of a sudden they don't want the best for you all of a sudden they're trying to block your purpose and they're trying to be a hater but if your boss gives you a difficult assignment if your boss says you need to be at work at a certain time and they're not going to accept the excuses that you bring them right if you if you go to any other place where authority isn't is uh is demonstrated it seems to me that the church receives the most dishonor, disrespect, and I'm being blunt because this is true, the most dishonor, disrespect, and and honestly, just selfishness when it comes to leaders. And trust me, I've struggled with it, but as somebody who struggled with it, I have literally had to get on my face and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to honor my leaders, help me to see where I was wrong, help me to be respectful, and kind to my leaders because what we don't realize, what a lot of people don't realize, <clears throat> excuse me, is a lot of people, they want to reach destiny. A lot of people, they want their purpose in God, right? But they dishonor their authority. That's hypocrisy. Do you realize that the people that God has placed in your life that ha- that have been anointed to lead you are called to lead and birth you in your destiny? So if these people If God has placed your destiny inside of these people, you cannot receive what you dishonor, right? Oh, Jesus, I feel like talking on here. So familiarity, what is familiarity? Familiarity is saying, hey, I know this person. I know how this person operates. And so regardless of what this person says, I'm still going to do what I want because of the level of proximity and the level of knowing that I have with this person. But what what the danger of familiarity is, is familiarity leans into what you do know, but it keeps you closed off to what you don't know. So you're focusing on the fact that you know this person, that you've seen this person's humanity, that you've seen this person's weak point, but you also don't know that at any given moment, God could impart something through you to them. God could say something through them to you that could give you direction for the next 30 years of your life. God could use them to bless your pockets. Come on. God could use them to open up opportunities and doors for you at any given moment. But because you are familiar with who they are due to your proximity, you don't realize what God could do that you may not expect. So this is where familiarity breeds dishonor, right? And so When it comes to church leadership, we have to realize God has placed these people in our lives for a reason. And so this is what I'll say to 
submission would not be submission if it was easy. So my thing is this, when people say that they're following Jesus and I see that their life is going easy, I really question if they're following the Lord because in order to follow God, you have to submit, right? So many people in the kingdom, they want promotion. They want to be great. They want the find the finer things when it comes to their life and to the future. But we have to remember, we live in an upside down kingdom, y'all. In order for you to go up, you have to go low. You have to go down. What does the Bible say? Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. You want to be great? You want to go travel the nations? You want to go and do all of these wonderful things, but you dishonor your authority? You are setting yourself back, bro. You are setting yourself back. How many people, listen, I'm telling you right now, I hear it all the time. People say, I want a leader. I want a mentor. I want a spiritual father. I want all of these kind of things. But the crazy part about this is when these people come into your life and they give you the counsel that you quote unquote so desire, you don't listen. And I've seen it happen. And it doesn't make sense to me. I was talking to one of my boys and I told him, <clears throat> that I would share his testimony and he gave me consent to do that. So I'm going to share my boy's testimony. I won't name him, but um, this is a, this is a guy who I recently met, really, really dope guy um, and has a powerful call on his life. And so basically, um, currently I live in Virginia and so does he. And so he wanted to move to North Carolina for his um, career. He said that based off of the research that he's done on North Carolina in in North Carolina that the specific region that he wanted to move in or he wanted to move to would cause him to be very very prosper prosperous in his career in his uh in what he was interested in it was just a it was a very very prosperous place for him to be so he thought right so he comes to me and he looked at me listen we're brothers but in this moment he looked he was looking up to me in a moment right and so um, he was literally asking for my counsel. He was asking for my direction. He was asking for my insight. And so I told him and I looked him square in his face and I said, hey, bro, like prophetically speaking, I don't believe that the Lord is calling you to move there. I believe that God is telling you to stay here. Um, I believe God has things that he wants you to see here. And I believe the Lord is planting you here. Right. And so he gave me the room to speak. And so I spoke what I felt. I felt like God was leading me to say, do you know that this ninja applied for job after job after job? Right. And I think within weeks of us having that conversation, he applied to jobs within the northern Virginia region and he got a job a career, a very lucrative job. And so the reason why I'm saying that is one, he did something that a lot of people in this day and age don't do. He asked for the counsel and he asked for the wisdom, but then he applied it. So he didn't just sit here and say, Jesse, I want your advice. I want your wisdom. I want to know what you feel about this situation. But what happened was, is he heard what I had to say and he actually applied it, even though it was contrary to what he may have felt 
and wanted. And so what we have is we have a people that are partial when it comes to correction, when it comes to rebuke, when it comes to authority figures. We enjoy authority as long as they're affirming us. We enjoy authority as long as we're able to cry in their lap. We enjoy authority as long as they're able to deal with our insecurities and speak life to, into us. But as soon as there's a rebuke, as soon as we get confronted on the way that we want to live our life, as soon as somebody says you ain't living holy, you ain't finna live however you want and make it into heaven, you ain't finna go into the world, I'm not finna bless your ministry when you're living a lukewarm lifestyle, you need to get in and pray, you need to stop teaching people, you need to drop that Bible study, your own study life is inconsistent, nobody is holding them accountable to the standard and the image of Christ, whenever these things are brought up, it's an issue now. Whenever. And so whenever it comes to confrontation, as long as they're confronting the areas that we desire, as long as they're confronting the areas that give us tingle tingle and make us feel good on the inside, there's not an issue. But don't touch my character. Don't touch how I want to control everything. Don't touch that I'm being lackadaisical when it comes to obeying God. Don't touch that I'm swift to get involved in everything else except the call of God. Don't touch that stuff. And so we are living in a rebellious generation. Let's just think about it, right? Even the culture, right? And it's sad because I made a video today of even how when it comes to the world and the church, we're struggling to tell the difference. But let's look at the culture. The culture's incentive is live your truth. Be honest about who you are. Um, do what you want. Love who you want to love. Say what you want to say. Freedom of speech. This culture, in, and it's, it always has, but it's increasing by the masses as time moves forward and progresses. This culture is infatuated with rebellion. This culture is um, plowing for rebellion to be a consistent attribute of the lifestyle of the people that live in this culture. And so we as Christians, we literally struggle to look differently. And it's wild to me because we want to be so great. We say, God, use me for your glory. We say, God, we want to move. We say, God, we want to make disciples. We want to preach the gospel until all have heard. We want you to be glorified, but we can't submit. And so my question is, is how is God going to be able to do all of these things if we don't submit? So I have some things that I want to share. Have some scriptures. The first scripture, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17. And so it says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they have watch over your souls as they may must as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you, my God in here today. This is good. So what does it say? Submit to them that have rule over you, right? Your leaders, for they have watch over your souls, right? What does that mean? They are, they are responsible for the upkeep of your soul. So when leaders say things that may not be enjoyable in the moment, if they are appointed by God to lead you, they are giving an account for your soul. They are keeping watch. They are keeping care of your soul, right? The Bible refers to pastors as shepherds, right? Shepherds guard the sheep. 
Shepherds protect the sheep. Shepherds have a form of foresight that the sheep do not have. Sheep wander off. Sheep have their own um, idea on where they want to go. But it takes a shepherd's rod to put the sheep back into the gateways and the confines of the pasture that they're assigned to. Amen. Now, it says that they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Do you know that when you dishonor your teachers, when you dishonor your professors, your mother, your father, your apostle, your prophet, your, your teacher, your evangelist, your pastor, do you realize that as you grieve them with your rebellion, you are, the Bible says it's unprofitable for you. I'm telling you, dishonor and disrespect will cause poverty, financial poverty, as surely as Jesus is Lord. I'm not saying every person that is dealing with poverty is dealing with dishonor, but I tell you one thing, that if you see somebody that is very dishonorable, if you see somebody that thinks like they know everything, if you see somebody that thinks that they have all of the answers, they are impoverished people. And I'm not just talking about money. They're impoverished with direction. They're impoverished with clarity. They're impoverished with opportunity and doors being open to them because there is a lack of profit in their life because their leaders have been grieved with their rebellion and their pride and their arrogance. So these are the things that can stop you from progressing. These are the things that can stop you from receiving. These are the things that block anointing and impartation. Amen. Another verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5. It says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resist the proud and giveth grace to the humble. We say that scripture all the time. We say this scripture all the time. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Do y'all realize that scripture or that specific phrase follows another phrase in one scripture that talks about submitting to an elder, that talks about submitting to um, an authority figure in your life? Yeah, God resists the proud. So your arrogance is not just simply you um, being prideful with your friends but it's how you approach authority. So even when God is talking about resisting the proud, he's talking about it from the lens in how you respond and interact with authority figures assigned to your life. My God in here today. I have a question for you. How do you respond to authority? How do you honor authority do you have authority because you know we have certain christians that feel like if god tells them to do something if they're called to a specific office if they're called to a specific ministry they're just gonna start it and you know what's funny to me is i even believe i don't know what specific scripture but i heard this um earlier this week in exodus moses when he received his mandate from god to uh, when he received his mandate from God to go deliver the children of Israel, he went back to Jethro, 
right? And Jethro was his father-in-law, and that was the man that he was submitted to. He went back to Jethro and said, is it well with you that I go? And Jethro releases him, and he goes and operates as a deliverance minister for Egypt and things of that nature. But the thing is, if anybody could have said or pulled out that the God, that God told me to do it card, and I'm not going to say anything, or I'm not going to answer to anybody, even Moses, who was visited by oh gosh that who was visited by the lord in the form of a burning bush or i'm sorry a bush on fire because the bush wasn't being consumed but who was being visited by a bush that was on fire even went back to his authority and asked for a release so simply because god tells you to do something there's a level of honor that you approach it with there's a level of submission that you approach it with when there's a level of transit there's when there's a season of transition coming upon you to move right and so we have a lot of people that say god called me to this position god called me to start this ministry but there's no accountability there's nobody being reported to me and my friends we ended up starting a ministry on our college campus it was called remnant gathering and we led a Bible study, me and my bro, we led a Bible study, my brother Darren. And literally something that I would consistently emphasize is we were released by our apostle to go out and do this. And the reason why I would consistently say that is because, you know, folks just be out here doing stuff. Folks be out here practicing spiritual um, spiritual uh, things, laying hands on people, prophesying to people, and so many destinies are being tarnished and being destroyed because of the lack of accountability that these ministers have in their life. And I understand that people have zeal and people have desire, but that zeal of yours needs to be checked before it causes a fire in the body of Christ. <clears throat> Doing things in the midst of zeal without accountability always leads to destruction, right? Even when it comes to prophesying, laying hands on people, who loosed you, who loosed you to impart? What, what are you imparting? I'll even say that. What are you imparting? Even prophesying, right? I understand all of us can prophesy, but there was a school of the prophets, huh? There, there, there's, there was, there's strategy in how to release the word of the Lord. You don't just go on and just say anything you want. There's a strategy. There's a, there's a way of listening to the spirit of God and the spirit of God will teach you. But the Lord also has a level of wisdom and insight when it comes to the prophetic that is locked up in men and women of God that have been doing this for decades. And so for us to step in and act like we know it all and act like we are able to just Go forth in it simply because God called us. No, 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 no. No. The Bible says gifts and callings are without repentance. So if there's a level of hastiness that is dealt with your character, there's something that needs to be conformed to the image of Christ and you can still have the call on your life. You get what I'm saying? Um. So yeah, I have another scripture as well. This is good to me. When it comes to ministry, I, I, I really genuinely believe every person should have somebody that they submit to. I'm sorry. For the rest of my life, regardless of how far I go in ministry, I don't care where I go. I will submit to my man of God. I will always have somebody that will be able to call me and check on, and check on me and be like, hey, this is not how you should go about this. this. Somebody needs to be holding me accountable other than the Holy Spirit, other than the Spirit of God. I understand that God 
is somebody that can convict us, but God uses men. It's all throughout the Bible. And so regardless of what God told you, regardless of the mandate that God has given you, there is a level of accountability that the Lord desires for you to submit to. Amen. So another thing, this actually correlates to what I'm saying. I don't know what this movement is with Christians that think it's okay to not be connected to a church. But and what I'm about to say may offend a lot of people, but Christians who do not connect to a church, that's literally disrespectful and dishonorable to God. And why is that? Let me tell you something. If you disrespect my wife, you have disrespected me. Why am I saying that? What makes you think? What makes anybody in heaven and in earth think that we can be honorable to God, but dishonorable to his bride? The church is his bride, right? So if you're pushing his bride away, if you're turning your face from his bride, how in the world are you loving on God? If there's any man right now listening to this podcast, tell me that you would not be disrespected if somebody disrespected your wife, whether if it was in front of your face or behind your back, you can't say you love me and you disrespect my spouse. When my wife comes and she's coming, praise the Lord. If you disrespect Mrs. Williams, you have disrespected Jesse Prada. Point blank, period. Why do we feel like it is different with God and the church? And this is once again, what I'm saying is when it comes to the double standard of the church, we see we see lawyers that have demonstrated corruption. We'll still call a lawyer if we need a case filed. We see police officers that have committed unjust deaths and unjust murders and racism consistently. However, if there's an emergency, we're going to call 911. Huh? We've seen doctors who have demonstrated fraudulent practices and there have been people that have died due to the fraudulent hands of doctors. However, if we have a condition, we will go get a checkup. We will go for an appointment. Why is it in the church that there's a lack of mercy? And listen, the reason why I'm confronting this is because I just want I just like to stand as a Christian, flat-footed and bold and say this is this is a lack of mercy. This is a double standard. People are offended. People are too sensitive. And when it comes to every other organization, we're willing to be swiftly um, open to using them, regardless of the corruption that we see. But it's our lack of reverence. It's our lack of the fear of the Lord that because there's a simple mistake or because we were hurt and got put in our feelings that we simply just turn away from the church. It's dishonorable. It's disrespectful. It's not it's not it's not pleasing unto the Lord. You would not do this at any other place. How many times has your boss gotten on your nerves? How many times has your job gotten on your nerves and you don't quit? But all of a sudden, because somebody gets offended in the realm of the church, we just leave and depart. No. We need more endurance in the body of Christ with stuff like that. And shame on us that are saved and sanctified and are filled with the Holy Ghost that are able to deal more with people that are unsaved than our brothers and sisters in Christ that are flawed. We ought to be convicted. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin, right? And so how much more should we even cover those that are in the body, I mean, my God, like just one instance, 
and one time where you were offended. I'm not discounting any experience. I'm not discounting any offense. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it is so drastic and emotional to just completely cut off the church from your entire life when there is scripture after scripture that that demonstrates the heart of God towards his bride that talks about do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. I mean, Jesus is Lord. And the crazy part about it is you are the church, your offended self, your frustrated self with the church. You are the church. And regardless of how flawed, whatever entity you may have joined or left, you didn't make it any better when you joined it because you're just as flawed as every person in that building. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. I don't care how many times you've prayed in the Holy Ghost. I don't care how many fasts you've gone on. I don't care how many times you've had an outer body experience. I don't care if you're a prophet, if you're an apostle, an evangelist, or a teacher. I don't care if you're a virgin. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with your status. It has nothing to do with who you hold or what you hold in the place of society, you are a flawed human being and the church is more flawed because of you being involved in it now. And so what is the cute what what is the cure to that? The cure to that is to love one another, to endure one another, to be long-suffering, to have self-control. Amen. And so when it comes to the way we handle God's bride, I really genuinely believe that we need to demonstrate the fear of the Lord. If we knew how much, if we knew how precious the bride of Christ was to Christ, we would not dare just simply disconnect and cut the church off at the degree that we do. We can't say we love Jesus and disrespect his wife. We can't say we love Jesus and cut off his wife. I'm a Christian, but I don't associate with the church. That is impossible. How are you in covenant with Christ, but you are not in covenant with his wife, which is yourself? <laughs> How are you saying that you stand for God and you are on the Lord's side, but you have cut off his spouse? How can you say that you honor God, but disrespect his spouse? And another form of disrespecting the church is dishonoring the leaders that have been placed in the church. When you dis, oh gosh, when you disrespect church leaders, you're not just disrespecting them. You are disrespecting God. Hear me today. When you disrespect those that have been placed in authority, you are disrespecting God. This is why it is so important, because the Bible says that a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. And there's an and the next scripture after that, Proverbs 18, verse two, it says a fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. So what does the Bible say about a fool? Someone that is emotional. You have no delight. That's what the Bible says. In Proverbs chapter 18, verses two, 
The definition of a fool is somebody that has no delight in understanding. They have no curiosity. They have no pleasure. They have no seek in trying to understand. Even though the Bible says in all you're begetting, get understanding. They are so emotional to the point where they don't want to understand. But the only delight that they have is expressing their heart, which is deceitfully wicked. That is the only desire that they have. So they don't care about the understanding. They don't care about anything rational. They don't care about anything logical. They don't care about anything that has been proven or shown over the test of time. All they know is what their heart is feeling and what they want to express. And this is why in order for you to truly walk in the call that God has for you, you got to come out of your emotions, fam. You got to stop taking things personal when they're not. You have to stop letting things hold more weight than what they should. Dead weight causes you to move slower. If you take the dead weight off, which is your offense, which is your preference, which is your um, annoyances and irritations, you will be able to accelerate and move further. I promise you. But you got to take those things off. You have to. Amen. So bottom line is this. Submit to authority. Allow people to correct you. If you don't have authority, pray and ask God to show you who your authority is. Every believer must have authority. Every believer needs to have somebody that can check you and say no. And the thing is, submission would not be submission. I said this earlier. If it wasn't easy, you need somebody that even when you full-blown want to to do something, you need somebody that can tell you no and you will listen, even though it goes strongly against what your will is and what you desire. Because what that does is that humbles you and that makes you realize that your will is not what goes. The will of God is what goes. And so we have to remember that no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will adore the one and despise the other, right? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's also talking about submitting to authority. That's also talking about succumbing to the will of God. Amen. God, I want your will. God, I want what you have for me. God doesn't just show you his will in dreams and visions and prophetic words. God will send somebody that will say, you are going opposite to the direction of what God is leading you right now. You need to turn and you need to switch. Your path is set to go this way and you're going the opposite direction. So... Oh, gosh. That blessed me. And I just wanted to emphasize the importance of submission. I believe in submission. I believe in authority. And I believe in all honesty. Now, listen, listen, tell listen, you, you don't have to agree with this or not. I believe that if somebody willfully does not submit to authority, I don't care how notable their ministry is. I just wouldn't trust it. And the reason why is because this person has discounted the authority that God has placed in men when it is specifically mentioned all throughout the Bible that God would use people to confront, lead, and reproof other people in the midst of their call. David was confronted by Nathan for his foolishness as a king, bro. You are never too high for authority. So any man or woman of God, I don't care how accurate their prophecies are. I don't care how accurate their prophecies are. 
Why? Gifts and callings are without repentance. I don't care how effective their ministry is. Why? Because gifts and callings are without repentance. Thousands of people can get saved. Thousands of people can eat off of the fruit of their ministry. That does not mean that God is pleased. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils? Did we not prophesy? Did we not work miracles? And I will declare to them, the Lord, your God, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Do not be phased by numbers. Do not be phased by YouTube channels. Do not be phased by Instagram lives. If this person is not submitted or is not willing to be submitted to any form of counsel and authority for the ministry that they are consistently walking in, there is an issue. There is an issue. Amen. So all in all, submit to authority. When you ask for, and also one last thing as well, because y'all be wasting people's time, bro. And I know I said this earlier, but I'm just going to emphasize this. Y'all, if you are asking for an authoritative figure, if you are asking for somebody to be in your life, to give you wisdom and counsel, when you ask for their opinion about something, when you ask for their counsel about something, don't sit here and disobey them. Don't sit here and ignore their wisdom if it goes counter to what you want. Do you want the impartation or not? Do you want the leadership or not? I promise you, if you desire this, if you want, if you are seeking this now and you are about to pray and ask God to send you somebody, I really want to challenge you to hold yourself accountable. If you don't want to obey and follow instruction, then just do what you want. Don't have mixture. A double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you want to do what you want, then do what you want. Go rogue. Do whatever you desire. But if you're going to obey, then obey fully. Don't obey partially. Amen. This is such an important topic because so many things could have been avoided if submission and authority was in place in a person's life. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm talking about situations that have unfolded in the past. And I'm pretty sure you guys can say the same thing, that there have been countless amounts of situations that if there was an authoritative figure, if there was somebody that was able to lead the person back on track and speak to their situation and correct them and reproof them, it could have saved so much heartache, so much difficulty, right? So submit yourselves to authority, pray and seek the Lord on who the authority figures or figure should be. And when they give you instruction, listen Respond with honor and watch God promote you at the appointed time. Amen. So I hope this blessed y'all. Submit to authority. Be led of the spirit and pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm out, y'all. Peace. What up, y'all? I want to say thank you to everyone for listening to another episode of the Christ Convo podcast. If you don't follow me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada, J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. Thank you for listening. I hope you received something and stay tuned for the next. See y'all soon.